freebrooklyn.org.
From the Winslow T. Broadcast booth, in Hinting of Spring, Bushwick, Brooklyn, I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. In the background, we're hearing Bremer and McCoy, or who are here in studio. No, they're not. Those guys won't write me back. But damn it, if if this isn't a good uh, opening drop, it's like how Rush Limbaugh had uh, the Pretenders or whatever. It's that good, and you know what else is that good? Mm. Uh, Winslow T. That's what I'm referring to. Uh, and and Winslow T. sponsors this in every monologue. So hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and and steep into the conversation. And uh, you uh, if also if you want to steep into the conversation, remember there's the Discord chat. Just kind of fallen by the wayside, but love to hear from you there. Hit me up on the socials. Uh, let's let's make this as interactive as possible, and let's uh, celebrate our our spring. Happy spring, guys! It's uh, I guess it's officially March twentieth was the uh, equinox, right? So we're we're in it now. Although if you're uh, maybe in, in a place like New York, it's it's still wavering. When I lived in uh, Mexico briefly, they one of my favorite little sayings, dichos, that I learned was Febrero loco, marzo otro poco. Crazy February, a little bit more in March. And they were referring to the weather. Guess um, it was it was similar uh, similar situation. It's a typical situation in these typical times, right? Well, Dave should just play some Dave Matthews today, but that's not what we're gonna do. Our spring lineup begins with a uh, a phone call from from Doctor Lisa, whose show uh, Doctor Lisa gives a, a an S on uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is. Um, just a, a great show. I was brushing up on it. Um, she did some great recent shows with different artists, visual artists. And, and we'll talk to 
Dr. Lisa about what's been going on with her. She she did a, a residency um, in uh, Beacon, New York this winter. She's working on some stuff. And uh, I think we're going to talk about the creative process. She was going to come in the studio, but but life got in the way. And we were going to talk about Carol King. I was going to play some Carol King songs that she wrote for other people and, and talk about that but but uh we'll we'll save that because dr lisa is going to come back in let me give you a, a brief glimpse of the of the spring lineup that we have on on race to the bottom uh, we got we got um i have the next eight shows i was looking at this the next eight shows scheduled and this svanborg cardib with post is the perfect perfect vibe for me to announce the spring schedule the spring lineup cough button here on the show next week we have comedian john field america's comic coming coming in and we're gonna do another unfair uh album review copyright tom sharpling and the best show the red hot chili peppers have have a new one out and um the Red Hot Chili Peppers fall into that same category for me that the Doors and uh, kind of U2 in a way fall in and more on U2 later. Um, I have uh, very mixed feelings about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were a very important band to me in my adolescence and that's that's kind of the perfect time for the Red Hot Chili Peppers to be important to you, but they keep going. Another, uh, speaking of Tom Sharpling, another thing that he likes to point out is that some people in, in music or, or show business, if they stick around long enough, they become a, become a thing. You just, it's like, uh, Ryan Seacrest or something. They, they're just been around so long that they're just an entity. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are kind of that. But John and I are going to just get, kind of give for our first thought, best thought to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. New record next week. Can't wait for that. Then we got my buddy Kyle, chef extraordinaire, coming in. Kyle and his wife do Twin Oaks if you're in the New York City area and you want some amazing food delivered. Go to Twin Oaks. Um, just look up Twin Oaks and find the it's the food delivery thing in New York man it's good then we got Howie coming back on the studio not in studio but calling in Howie's in North Carolina but we're going to talk about your New York Mets the lockout is uh, is over the season will have started by that time as always, hope springs eternal for the for the Mets. We've got this evil billionaire who has stacked the team with talent. I just bought a new Mets cap, which I'm wearing right now. Nice fitted. And um, Howie and I will will get all excited for 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 baseball. Also, our wonderful mayor just did a carve out for. 
athletes and uh, performers to uh, not have to be vaccinated, which is unfortunately, uh, it, it turns out that about half of the New York Mets were not vaccinated still, um, and including some, some of the big names on the team. And right, uh, right before the the you know they started playing in New York, they lifted the the mandate for for vaccinations for for sports stars, including Kyrie Irving, who can get back on the court and in, in, in uh, Brooklyn, that uh, fake basketball team, the Brooklyn Nets. Um. We got Jay Clarkson coming back, the freaking deacon. We got Josh Phillips uh, from uh, Josh Phillips Folk Festival, a musician uh, and friend of mine, funny guy, talking about his new album that will be dropping uh, this spring. Our our resident historian, Colette, is going to be back in studio in this spring. Shane Parrish, who's... New album, Liverpool, is amazing. You should check it out. It's getting great reviews. Um, beautiful, beautiful record based on Moby Dick. I can't wait to talk to Shane about that. And then we got Dr. Lisa back. In in that time, she's going to be in studio. That's in May. So see how this uh, is all going to line up? And it's the kind of stuff where you don't know what you're... You, you, it's like a box of chocolates coming at you every which way like mj and we've got a few more big gets that i'm still working on to round out the spring uh trying to get jenny thomas and jk rowling josh holly joe manchin joe rogan joe piscopo and uh maybe dr Mehmet oz on the show and speaking of um doctors well we have dr lisa i could make that transition but She's calling in in the middle of the hour. Now, speaking of doctors, I I gave a doctor uh, a hot tip, life hack, doctor hack on the show a few weeks ago. And man, people have been reaching out to me and just saying, John, I love the show, but this doctor hack has changed my life. Um, and it's basically, if you if you have a doctor's appointment and it's kind of straddling the middle of your day you're like man i kind of need to get back to work or i kind of want to get on with my life it doesn't always work don't don't uh, blame me if it doesn't work but go early if you can go just go you can go like a whole hour early they usually can can get you in there you go to the dentist early Say, oh, yeah, we we can see you now. What's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe bring a book or, or something. But, man, the outpouring of people who, who have said that the doctor hack is working is uh, it's pretty amazing. I have to say I'm humbled.
this is uh, Chris McGregor's Brotherhood of Breath in the background. One of our one of our many uh, theme songs. I had to get a little bit more Winslow in my system. And before I get too far out over my skis, let me tell you what was in that mashup. Isn't that cool when people say too far out over my skis like that? Pretty cool rhetorical device. I still have never been skiing. I need to go skiing. Let's do a race to the bottom ski trip. The whole community. Get uh, Dr. Dad out on the slopes. Dr. Dad, have you ever gone skiing? You never took me. It's one of your shortcomings as a father. No, but I I didn't want to get too far out over, over my skis. I need to tell you what was in the mashup. What am I doing? Oh, BHS, Tim Bowers. Right? And I'm going to tell you what's in the mashup. But man, speaking of mashups, <laughs> I was listening to... Uh, that Beatles mashup record, Love, that I guess, what's his name? George Martin made the fifth, my fifth Beatle, George Martin. Which is, it's it's a Beatles mashup, it really is. They, they took different songs and kind of blended them into one another. I have to say... Because this is uh, the, the mashup I'm going to tell you about is the 96th of these. Coming up on the 100th mashup soon. And um, so I've put in my 10,000 hours. Not not to dad. Went one. No to dad. So uh, Dr. Dad didn't go. I guess my mom went uh, once in Michigan in high school. Oh, that Michigan skiing. Infamous Mission Michigan slopes. You go down the uh, sand dunes. But this Beatles Love album, it's not that good. And who am I? I'm just Joe Blow. Joe Blow doing my own uh, mashups, but I think they my mashups slap because I put things like "Numb" by U2. The first, the first rap song in my book. The, that's the Edge rapping. MC Edge. It's like a Gillette product, MC Edge. I'm surprised if, if they redid Numb, they would put uh, the, the great the poem that, that Bono did. St. Patrick is now Zelensky. Everybody's saying it. You heard from uh, the band Midlake with their song Roscoe. That was a remix version of Roscoe. That's a good band. Their, that first album was really good. It kind of fell off a little bit. And we heard from uh, Shaka Khan, but that's not Shaka Khan. That's a man rapping. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. I feel you, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Another great rap. Who's that rapping on that Shaka Khan song, uh, I Feel For You? Can somebody tell me? 
And then we heard from our, our mayor, uh, our love, beloved mayor, Eric Adams, talking about my police officers. It's, it's, it's my teachers, my police officers. And if you want to film the, your, uh, the cops who know how to do their job and they're just doing their job the best that they possibly can, there's no issue with the NYPD. They're well-trained and, and uh, altruistic and if you want to happen to film them, you better get a good iPhone and stand back. Stand back. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. You guys watching March Madness? Man, St. Peter's. I want to get, that's who I need to get. The uh the coach of St. Peter's in studio. He kind of guy talks fast. Be able to get through a lot with him. Yeah, so this this team, you, the March Madness is is always fun when there's a some team college you've never heard of that does really well. In this year, it's St. Peter's, and they're from Jersey City, right right over the uh, river from, from us here in New York City. And Jersey City's a, a pretty fun little um, town. And they're, uh, these, these kids are giant slayers. They're knocking them, knocking all, all, all these people down. Kentucky, Purdue. It's amazing. They just beat Purdue last night. They're going up against uh, UNC next. And I know we've got some UNC fans um, as listeners, but. And I went to a UNC. Uh, Subsidiary school, UNCA. Got my English major from from them, but I still think I got a root for these St. Peter's. Maybe I'll get that guy with the crustache in studio too. And the the twins, and Defo twins. Get them all in here. Speaking of giant slayers. I'm a baseball coach, guys. Have I even talked about that yet? Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm coaching these uh, middle schoolers who have never really... I don't think we have anybody who's ever played baseball on this baseball team. This is baseball 101 for these kids. They don't even know how to run to first base. Because without giving too much information, I can't really talk too much about my school. I'm on a. I'm I, I gotta watch my p's and q's. But I teach at an international school, kind of, which where where the kids they're they're not necessarily like uh, your classic American kids, and they don't know how to. They don't know about apple pie. They don't know about 
uh, Bruce Springsteen. They don't know about, um, you know, the, the show Dallas. <laughs> and they don't know about baseball. But they're learning. And we've got, to, we've got our first scrimmage on Wednesday against an actual team that, that knows uh, where, where shortstop is. Uh, where a shortstop is supposed to stand, but I think I think we might I might be praying to Saint Peter. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about being an underdog, and that's something that runs through uh, this whole opening monologue, sponsored by Winslow T. Whether it's the the New York Mets, whether it's me overtaking the uh, the the Beatles love record with my mashups, or whether it's maybe uh, drive my car or, or Coda winning uh, the Oscar uh, for best picture tomorrow, that's a long shot. But you you got to believe, right? That's what that's that's what I believe. I believe that you have to believe. You got to believe. Radio Free Brooklyn is proud to present four amazing bands at an outstanding local venue for an evening of rocking music. Join us Friday, May 20th at 7.30 for a night of great music with 7th Grade Girl Fight, Dirt Bikes, Barrette, and Castle Black, and none other than Ridgewood's own Bar Frida, 801 Seneca Avenue. Tickets are $10 and can be purchased at the venue. You like that? I think this this is the one that got uh, rescheduled because of uh, Omicron. Can't stand the Omicron. Right? 
If you're listening to the program on your computer, you can download the the app for your phone. I'm getting this out of the way because you know once Dr. Lisa calls in, it's it's all all bets are off. Uh, yeah, download the app for your your phone. It works really well. It's free, and uh, if you want to donate now, there's never been a better time. Go to the uh, website. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and click that green donate button. And uh, you can sign up for the newsletter while you're there. We have like uh, some 70 shows on the station and you can find out all about them on our beautiful new website. And while you're there, you can poke poke around the uh, back catalog of this program. You still have a You'll still have today and, and, and tomorrow afternoon to listen to the Oscar Spectacular, if you haven't, to get prepared for tomorrow night's Oscars. You can check out Dr. Lisa's back catalog, a recent uh, series of shows she's been doing with artists, she's interviewed comedians, On her show where she uh, is an unlicensed therapist. Talking through life's vicissitudes. Oh my goodness. I think that's her. John. What's up? Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, when, whenever anybody says my name, I can I know it. Instinctually. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the plug. Yeah, I was listening yeah. back to the to the recent um, episodes. I, that one with um, oh yeah Adam Amram was really great. Oh yeah. Oh, you like that one? Yeah. He's great, right? Yeah, that was really cool. That was so funny. That was so funny. He he was afraid that I was going to be. We were the only two artists in the in this desolate, snow ridden town, and he was afraid that I was going to like try and be really friendly and take over his time. <laughs> but I was never going to, I was, I saw, I saw that every time I saw him on the street or something, but, uh, he was the nicest guy. But then, but through that episode, uh, through our, uh, therapy type, and I found out why he was like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's a young, he's a young man. And I could, I could see like how, uh, his, 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 desire to be nice could uh, get in the way of him getting people out of his studio quickly. <laughs> I'm not like that whatsoever. Like yeah. Somebody's in my place, you know, I'm like, get out, I gotta, I gotta get back to work. But he, he's the opposite. So but anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to, so you, uh, I was, I saw on Instagram that you were doing this, this residency, and I think it's, it was really great. You kind of just created your own residency, right? Right, because um, you know, like I, I've been, I've had a, I've been wanting to archive all my work and do this website project for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's like the only way you can get that done is in a residency where you're not around anybody. Yeah. But I don't have what I don't have. 
you know, like they want, like they want a certain type of artist at a residency. You got to have paint. You paint. You got to have all these institute credentials. I don't have. I don't qualify for that shit. Yeah. So I never apply. So I was like, "Fuck it! I'm gonna get an empty apartment and do this." Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah. What? Why do you need somebody to say, uh, you know, okay, here's here's your residency, here's the allotted time, here's the place. If if that's what you need to do your art, just just do it yourself, right? right Why do right, you need the artifice? Right. Well, the problem, the thing that the thing that I realized that's so fucked up about all these situations is that um, you know the art world, and I think a lot of cultural, you know, uh, whatever or groups have gotten into the thing where. They have all these gatekeepers yeah. and everything. You have to be a certain way. And the thing, the thing is, it's like artists wind up falling into that trap because they think, well, the, the residency is also a credential. Mm-hmm. And, and like, mm-hmm. the idea of art and credentials is the real problem there, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I only know sort of peripherally anything about the art world, but it seems to be all bound up in, in uh, appearance and credentials and, and gatekeeper. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, and like that's going to produce a certain type of art and a certain mm-hmm. kind of art career. And, mm-hmm. you know, an, an art career like a music career, like any career like that's like that isn't a money... You know, you're not doing it so that you can, like, have a nice home and, and you know, like, you've got to make a living. You can't, see, I really believe strongly that you can't, your art is your children, and you can't put it on the artwork that it's going to support you. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're not going to make good art, you're not going to make good music, whatever your creative thing is, writing. It, so, it's, uh, it seems yeah. like with, the, with that kind of scenario where you have a... Uh, such a formalized art world where you're you're not going to get your your Basquiat's or your Keith Herring's anymore. Like, where are the no. you know where where are your outsider art people going to be if you need like a Yale uh, pedigree or or you know have to be you know I don't even know what the things are. Yeah, no, exactly. And the the thing is, like. Art has gotten really boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, like, uh, you know, museum, museums. When was the last time we, like, saw an artist or even, like, when is a culture changed by somebody's vision? Yeah. Yeah. It's... You know, when, when do we even get to see, like, some, a creative person who's not 100% polished yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I know that I know that from music where basically, you know, I mean, nobody really gets uh record deals anymore at all, but but if you are at some outside uh chance going to get a a a record deal, you already have to have built 
everything yourself. You know, you have to have your mailing lists, you have to have your built-in audience, you know. There's not there's not uh the kind of like development that there used to be where you have these like diamonds in the rough that get signed and then you know kind of build out uh, a career from from raw talent. Everyone it has to be their own agent and their own publicist and and uh you know already have that game on lock uh, bef- before they even get through the door. Right, which also means that you can't just be good at the thing that you're good at. Yeah. You have to also have all this other stuff, and usually you have to hire help or get some help because mm-hmm. no one can make that machine by themselves. But I also think that um, a lot of artists, um, you know, um, I mean, I'm I'm old. I've seen the I've seen the uh, you know I'm I'm in my sixties. We know this, uh, but so I've seen and I I worked I worked in advertising. I mean, yeah. I, I've never really looked to make a living as an artist, but I have always followed art since I've been in New York in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And um, I have seen I have seen all the art people just line up and get in line and believe in the uh, credentials and the gatekeepers. And that's, they, they, they're all marching to that drummer, Mm -hmm. or a lot of them are, Mm -hmm. a lot of them are. And so there's nothing, I mean, I saw this whole discussion on uh, Facebook the other day by a professor, an artist I know, and she's saying that no one wants to take risks anymore. And like, why is everybody's work so, you know, safe? And um, that's the whole thing. It's like, I don't know what happened to people wanting to, like, rebel. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? No, I totally get you. So I, I want to get to what uh, you're what you did during your residency, but I have a question for you because I'm, I'm, I don't know if I told you, but I'm writing a book. Um, oh. and I've been writing a book for the past couple of years. And, um, Ooh. sometimes I think that like, I think about applying for, for some kind of writer's retreat or, or something like that. But similar to, to you, when I heard, uh, about your your thing where you just kind of created your own uh you know r- retreat right. yeah, yeah I called it, I called it doctor I had a website and everything and yeah. I said doctor doctor Lisa's uh doctor Lisa's um uh doctor Lisa Industries do it yourself <laughs> residency yeah I'm me yeah so I I was thinking like I already know what I need to do with I know what I need to do with my book you know Um, I I don't need necessarily need any um, help I just need to continue to write and so I Uh I I think about like uh, doing what what you did But, but my question is though that I I wonder I can only write for about I, I have a good three or four hours in me a day, um, and I, I wonder about doing something like this kind of residency because what do you do with the the rest of the time? You're you're only like a creative. Uh, you're only creatively strong for you know a 
you know. Oh yeah, writing four hours a day is a shitload of writing. For yeah, any writer. Yeah. So and also the thing is at a residency, which I and I I was I I didn't have this, and I was actually kind of grateful not to. But usually at a residency, you have other artists or other creative people doing shit, and you have dinner together, and you make food, and then. People talk a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> so I was on my show again. Then mm-hmm. you know, people meet each other, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I'm a big, well, my husband came every weekend. Yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, it was beacon not too far. Um, I, I love my solitude. I'm a big, I'm a big solitude mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I'm... And I, I, I really like walking, and um, I got I like put on my boots and went out in the snow, you know. Um, yeah, you were talking about on the on the the podcast I listened to about how you would go down to the Hudson River and and how the river was frozen over and it would make these noises and and stuff like that. I liked uh, hearing about your little uh, walkabouts. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know. I mean, I'm not, you know, not that I didn't go to a bar by myself or dinner or something like that. Yeah. But, and, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm big mouth. I talk to people. So the thing is, though, is that one of the things that I, I'm not saying this was 100% fun all the time, but I love that mode. And I think it would be great for writing a book where your whole, it's almost like you're at, camp or something like that and your whole focus is this creative project yeah. right and there's no one else and there's nothing else to do and when you're not when you're not working you're not sitting there all day it's, you're still living in it it's like you know if you're an actor i guess it must be like this if you're an actor right mm-hmm and uh, you have to prepare for a part, and then you're on the, you know, you're on the set and whatever. But it's still like you're living in it while you're doing the shoot, right? Yeah, you're in character, method, method style. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you don't have to do that, but it's still, you're not, you're <laughs> yeah. not distracted from the creative mission. You don't, you don't have to get back in the mindset. I think it would be great for writing. Yeah. And if you're if you're by yourself, you know, everybody, some people really hate being alone a lot. And, I mean, that's just my DNA. So that's part of it. I mean, you can also, like, if you want a company, you get another writer and share mm-hmm. the apartment. Mm-hmm. Easy to do, you know? Uh, so you, you did, you said you were archiving a bunch of art, or what, what was your... What was the the work of your your residency? It was a month that you did. Yeah, it was a month. I had um, I have like, you know, I have so many different like kinds of work and stuff like that, and I don't, which is it's it's I don't have a website that has like one all the thing all the art things in one place. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, I needed, and I have you know. I have all this work, and it was just so, you know, I had to go through all my old work, look at all the pictures, find stuff, put it in categories, Mm -hmm. and then at the end, I printed it out, and I have this whole wall that I now put in my living room, 
of all the work I've done, you know, all the work that I want to have in the website. So and it's, now I just have to. It's photography mostly, or or what? Uh, what no, work well, do you? Well, I've been. I have um, installations I've done. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, photographs of uh, like one of the things is like this old. I have it in my apartment. Have you been in my apartment? I have not. I right, come over and we'll give you the tour. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, so I have like um, a case of stuff for my old boyfriend called Pazoo Love, and it's like a display case with all these <laughs> things in it. Uh huh. Um, so I've got like installations, and then I have like, you know, I just do a lot of different things with text. That's why it's conceptual art, so there's so many different things. Yeah. Not, that's why I need a website. Like, there's performance. You know, sitting naked on the toilet thing I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the psychotherapy performances, but then all the text paintings. It's This is why I need a website, because uh, it would be a really boring rest of the show, but I could go through it, and it would be really boring. This is too much, um, not one type of thing to even... Yeah. You know, like, make it even, like, we're talking about, but I guess the thing is, the work that I do is conceptual art. Yeah, it sounds like very pretentious, but it no, I get it. That it's just an idea, and I make the ideas into things, and all those things are different. Because the Dr. Lisa um, show used to started out as as a performance art piece kind of thing. Yeah, well, um, it's like um, in my mid. 40s, actually. I'd never performed before, and I had this conceptual art idea to do psychotherapy on stage with audience volunteers. Yeah. And um, I got in this festival, and then, like, within a year, I had, like, a New York Times feature story. Oh. Wow, I didn't know that. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because I didn't have it on the website. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um... So, um, yeah, and then, um, you know, I did monthly shows for a long time. I went to Edinburgh. I did the festival there for months. Yeah, and, um, you know, I was working as an art director at the time. Um, So it was really just, you know, it was just like a very, it was a lot. It was just a lot. And uh, actually, I may be doing, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm not sure, but I may be doing a show similar again at the city reliquary at the spring okay live show so Uh, and by may when i come come on i will know we can yeah this is perfect this is perfect perfect Perfect. yeah so um you know what my message to your listeners is what is that it's just that creativity is really important it's really personal we're all creative. We, creativity isn't any form. Cre- and, and like, what, whatever you feel like doing that is creative, go ahead and do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be good. And I think most people, if they went out and they did things that they had ideas to do, they would be surprised by how happy it made them just doing it. 
I have this friend, Dr. Lisa, that um, I think would be great to go on on your radio show. Um, Fabulous, yeah. Um, because it, it, what you were just saying reminded me of of him. So he's a, an extraordinarily talented um, singer and songwriter, and I used to play in uh, his band. Like I was kind of uh, sort of his band leader when he went on tour with his album. But this was like about f- 15 years ago. Um, and he, he put it out, and uh, we toured all around the U.S. Ooh. and in Canada and wow. stuff. Um, and then since then, he has uh, basically had... 15 years of, of writer's block. Um, oh. He, uh, I've oh. heard, so there was this um, laptop that had uh, a, like an iTunes file with a bunch of songs that he uh, was working on uh, that I happened upon and I listened to them and there's, it's just brilliant uh, stuff, but he, oh. he can't stand anything that he writes. Um, he thinks it's, yeah. he thinks it's all derivative he thinks there's nothing really there, um, and uh, he thinks his favorite. Uh, I don't know if you know um, the uh, the musician Elliot Smith, but uh, yes. but, but my my friend thinks uh, he's a big Elliot Smith guy, and he thinks everything is derivative of Elliot Smith, and he's yeah. just like, am I just should I just give up? What should I do? Uh, you know, and he just has these um, just basically. I told him that I, I feel like his uh, when when I try to write my uh, when I'm writing my book, I do I have a thing that I learned from uh, I think it was the um, uh, Natalie Goldberg who says you need to uh, kick the editor out of the room when I'm yeah. cre- when I'm creating um, I just when I'm writing I just write and I don't let the critical part of my uh, my mind or myself, uh, I don't let that part even rear its ugly head, you know? And then later, when I have my draft, then I can put on my editor's hat and uh, mark up my text and say, oh, I got to rework this, you know? And and, uh, But I I told my friend, I think that he's... um, He's got the editor sitting over his shoulder the whole time saying, that sucks, you're no good, right? And... um, Yeah. We we got to get him on the show totally. Yeah, yeah, on my show. I mean, yeah. Um, we got. I got to talk to no, but you know that is so funny in a way. Like that is the hardest, hardest part about you know creating anything. I don't even like to say being an artist. Yeah, we're all artists, but creating something that you really care about and that people might see or judge mm-hmm. is. Number one, the hardest part for any artist at any level. And I don't think people understand that because, you know, it's so funny because I had the same experience um, right, at, right at the last, right when I started the residency, I got a call from the gallery I work with and they wanted me to have, you know, most of my text paintings are one sentence. Mm-hmm. And the dealer's been talking about this for a while. We want you to do like a paragraph. Okay. You know, but we want you to do longer form. We want you to do a big painting long form for this group show that opened last weekend. 
And then all of a sudden, I was under all this pressure. He's like, I said, well, I'm at this residence. He said, start in, you know, it start when you come back in February. And we, we go through the writing together. He actually kind of, like, helps me okay. at the end. You know, like, I'm like, is it this one or this one? And what I went through emotionally, um, making that brand new format was seriously one of the worst emotional <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, shit shows mm-hmm. I have been through in years. Yeah. I mean, it was so, the, the amount of self-doubt and that I didn't think I was any good and all this other shit, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been with this gallery almost five years. If I was really, really bad and they never sold any work, I wouldn't <laughs> be in that situation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, but, you know, like the level, the pain, the level of self-doubt, and the whole time, and I would, like, call up friends. It was embarrassing and ask their opinions, and I was just... I was trying, I knew that I was having a meltdown, and I didn't want to be, like, a jerk. Sorry about that. That's okay. New York, I'm, New I'm York my, streets there. I'm, I'm, I'm on my, my, my dog had a, I had, this week, I had COVID, and my dog, I got COVID, and my dog had a stroke. Oh, my I've been God. Dealing with, I've been dealing with COVID, my dog in rehab. And my husband. Yeah. And it's under all this stress, so sorry about that. That's, that's okay. why I'm not in the studio. But so what I'm saying is is that I don't think if my dealer hadn't asked for the painting, I would have ever put myself through that. <laughs> yeah. But at the end, I was like, you know, it came out okay. And I really advanced mm-hmm. my work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great painting, but I did, tried all these things and did all this writing that I would never, ever have done. And when, at the end of it, I felt like I had, like, you know, won the struggle. Yes, yes. That's beautiful. You know? Well, I, I'm, yeah. I got to get ready for uh, Crime Talk BK. I, we're going to get you back in the uh-huh. studio. And yeah, I, I love okay. I love talking uh, creativity with you, and and maybe you'll uh, yeah. this uh, this announcement that you're kind of teasing. Maybe that will come through, and we can talk about I that. So I hope so. Yeah, and uh, definitely send your friend to me, and uh, let's talk about your book sometime. I want to hear a bit more about it. Okay, I'm I'm up for All it. All right. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Doctor Lisa. To talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Wow. See, all bets are off. All bets are off. Next week, John Field, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I was hesitating to listen to this Radiohead offshoot group, The Smile, um, but I did yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, And I love this song, Skirting on the Surface. Get ready for Crime Talk BK. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Dr. Lisa. And uh, go underdogs.
when we read. 